Thank you, Eric. Didn't introduce myself earlier, but my name is Ron Cool. I'm one of the pastors here at Hillside. Welcome to all of you. Welcome to those of you who are watching online. We're in a, the bits of a series, and it's kind of coming in sections, but we're calling this The Ways of Discipleship. And the foundation of this and the foundation of everything we do here is that, is that we are saved by grace, 100%. These little boys, God can make a promise to them because it's not dependent on what they do. It's God's grace. We are dead in our sins. It's only the pure and only the righteous who can be in God's presence. But Jesus Christ stands in our defense. And so we celebrate that grace. We live in that grace. And that's how we are saved. But we also recognize that God says, I don't leave you that way. If Christ is alive in us, then we should be changing and growing. We should be becoming more like Jesus Christ. We should be learning to love more, to have more peace and joy and patience and kindness and goodness and those sorts of things. Our lives should change if we are in Jesus Christ, if he is alive in us. Not because then, then God will love us more. No, we are 100% saved by grace. But because we want to be free. We want to be more and more of what God created us to be. And so we said, you know, we should be growing. We should be discipleship. We should be becoming better disciples. And so the question we've been asking ourselves is, how do we do that? And we recognize, first of all, that our growth is primarily the work of the Holy Spirit. Even in this, God comes first. He comes first because he is the one who can change us. So our growth is primarily the work of the Holy Spirit. But again, there are things we can do. There are what we might call practices that you and I can do in order to put ourselves in a position where the Holy Spirit works in us. So we identified six of these, and, and there are other ones, but we said uh, we can pray. And, and in prayer, we draw closer to Jesus Christ. We strengthen that relationship with God our Father, and we become better disciples. We can study God's Word. We can serve. We can worship. We can connect with others, and, and somehow in community, we grow, and we can invite others to experience God's grace. And as we do all of these things, God shapes us and molds us, all right? And so that's why we're calling this, these are the ways of discipleship. These are the ways that God's, God grows us. And so we've been going kind of slowly through each one. We've only done one so far. We've talked about prayer. We did that for about six or seven weeks and then finished it up last week. And, and this morning, we're going to start. The second one I decided to do was serve. I'm going to talk about serving and, and how serving helps us become more like Jesus Christ. In fact, serving is interesting because it's probably the clearest. They're all this way a little bit, but serving is something that is both a result of our being more like Jesus, right? The more I'm like Jesus, the more I'm going to serve, but it also is a cause of maybe them becoming more like Jesus. The more I serve, the more I become like Jesus. It's a practice. It's something we do in order to grow. And so we're going to think about serving today, and let's just start with a little bit of a, of a definition here, all right? Um, the, one, the serving that I'm thinking about is a verb, all right? It's, we're talking about an action here. And these are, just, these are kind of my own definitions because they're really simple. Um, but what I want to say is what we're talking about is serving broadly. It's to do something for somebody. It can be something as simple and, and as easy as opening a door, as carrying somebody's groceries, as bringing somebody a, a cup of coffee at work tomorrow. Those are all ways that we serve. It can be as big as buying somebody a car. It can be as big as helping them whatever, move, and all those other. But it's just, that's what we're talking about, doing something for someone. We're talking about meeting someone else's needs or desires, focusing on them. It's blessing somebody else by our actions, not just our words. And it's usually, the, the serving I want to talk about is without pay. Sometimes when we serve, we get paid, right? Go to a restaurant, if you have a waiter, that person is serving and they get paid, okay? That's good. 
But that's not what, I, what I'm talking about is when, we, is when we just volunteer, when we just say, just, I just want to bless you. Serving at heart is focused more on somebody else. It's one of those times where we say, you know what, it's not about me. I want to bless you. I want to take care of you. And, and I think given that basic definition, we can recognize we all serve occasionally. We all do. You might serve at, at, at church here. You might serve in your workplace. You might serve on a voluntary committee. You might bring somebody. You serve in your neighborhoods. You serve in your schools, right? We all serve occasionally. And, and, and probably most of us at least feel like we could probably serve more. And so at this point, you might be thinking, okay, this will be a good sermon series. I want to talk about this because I want to I go from a two to a three in my serving or a five to a six. I want to be able to serve more. And that's good. I hope that happens. You might say, yeah, I, 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 this is an area I should grow in, and, and I hope that happens. But I want to tell you something. God's goal is much bigger than that. What God wants to do to you is something much more radical than help you serve more. God wants to change our hearts to become actual servants. He wants us to get to a place where serving is not just something we do. It's who we are. That at the core of our being, we are people who think more of others than ourselves. That at the core of our being, we find our deepest joy and our greatest happiness in serving others. And and he doesn't want us to just learn that for a time. I think sometimes we're tempted to kind of say, well, you know what, here's the Christian deal. You're a servant, and and you you, kind of get used and abused on earth, but when you get to heaven, you get to be a king. And then everybody's going to take care of you. And when I get to, that's why, so I'll, I'll do the down stuff now, but then when I get to heaven, it's going to be the angels taking care of me. It's going to be the angels bringing me grapes and whatever it is that, you know, is going to make me happy. Uh-uh. For all eternity, you and I are going to serve. You and I are going to bless the people around us. For all of you, because that's what God wants us to do. And, and the reason he wants us to, and, and this is one of the most difficult truths I think we can imagine and, and try to understand. There are a number of them in Christianity that are hard to understand. This is one I think that's extremely difficult to understand. But what the Bible teaches us, if you believe in Jesus, if you believe what he says, then what you believe is that being a servant is the best life you can have. Being a servant, blessing others, giving your life away for others is not just a good thing to do. It is the absolute key to joy. It is the absolute key to the absolute best life you can ever have. And I will just be honest, that's hard. That is, in my view, it's one of the top three things that are hardest to believe. Sometime I'll tell you all of them. But, but to say, yeah, right. I, I was thinking about this, and so I developed a little game. No patent on it. You can play it at home if you want. But who has the best life? I mean, just think about it. Everything inside of us has a certain answer to this question. We have these two people here. One is a king of some sort with a glass of um, something in his hands. The other is serving him. Anybody genuinely say, I want to be the servant? No, who has the best life? This is the guy who has the best life. But if we believe Jesus, I mean, think about this. If we believe the gospel, then what we dare to believe is that this is the guy who really has the best life. It's hard to accept that. I got another round of it here. All right, again, who, man, this is the guy, right? This is who I want to be. I'll do the other stuff, but then one day I get to be on the throne Jesus says, no, man, guess what, Ron, for eternity, you get to serve others. 
because serving is the best life we can live. Let me show you where Jesus says that. There are a number of places. I'll just touch on a couple. Mark 8, verse 35. Jesus says, whoever wants to save their life will lose it. If you try to hold on to everything, if you try to be king, if you try to gather more stuff for yourself, if you make your life being incurably curved in on yourself, if you say, that's what it's about, it's about me, you lose everything. You will lose it. But whoever loses their life, well, i got to go back to that. Um, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. If we will pour ourselves out, Jesus says, you will find life. The disciples spent three years with Jesus, and he said this again and again and again and again, and they never got it. They kept fighting about who was the greatest. And Jesus kept saying, you guys, I know how it works. In the, in, in, in the world around us, what you call the real world, it's all about the boss. The one with the gold rules gets whatever he or she wants. It's not the way it is in my kingdom. Instead, he says, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be the slave of all. The Apostle Paul in the book of Acts quote Jesus. Um, one of the rare places where you get words of Jesus outside of the Gospels. But Paul is saying, you know what? We serve the weak because of what Jesus said. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak, remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. That's Jesus. Jesus says that being a servant is the best life. It is the source of all joy. And, and that's a really hard thing to accept. I want to try to get you to, to, to picture that. And for me, as I have tried to get myself to believe this is true, and I do up in my head, I know it's true, but as I've tried to get it into my heart, one of the things I've done is recognized in, in, in what the Bible teaches us, this, that, that first of all, and real quick on this one, but we're created in God's image, okay? The Bible makes that clear at the beginning. I'm but here's what I gotta understand about God. This is what we're gonna focus on for just a few minutes here this morning. It, it is that God is a servant, we don't often describe that God that way. We describe him, and he is. He's all-powerful. He's the king of kings. He's the creator of everything. But you know what else the Bible tells us? And I think perhaps most importantly, that God is love, that God is a servant, that God loves to give, that God himself, think about this, that God himself would rather give than receive. That's why when you do actually give something to somebody, when you experience that, you have some sense that this was good. It's because your heart is in tune with what God created you to be. You're created in his image, and God is a servant. Now, that's language we don't often use for God, so let me spend some time trying to show that, trying to give you a picture of, of why this is. Uh, again, we believe in a God who is triune. We say the Trinity. It's that God is three in one. And let me just real quick, again, I can't explain it, but it's, there is one God, the Bible says, and he is... The Father and the Son is God, and the Holy Spirit is God. And so there are three, but they're all one. And, and when we read the Gospels, when we read the New Testament as a whole, we can understand a little bit about the way they relate to each other, okay? About God's character, because these three have been relating to each other for eternity, from before creation. These three were relating to each other, and, and here's how they relate to each other. And I talked about this before, but it's so important. Each one of them is focused on serving the others. Start with the Holy Spirit. Dale Bruner did a, a, a huge study on the Holy Spirit, 
And, and he came and he concluded, he said, you want to know what the Holy Spirit loves to do more than anything else? He doesn't like to make you fall over. He doesn't like to make you talk in tongues as much. You know what he likes to do more than anything else? Point. More than anything else, he wants to say, don't look at me, look at Jesus. Look at Jesus, man. Jesus is amazing. And, and, and Bruno says, the Holy Spirit is the shy member of the Trinity. He, he wants to stay back and just say, don't worry about me. Don't get obsessed about me. It's Jesus who is so amazing. It's Jesus who is so great. Jesus knew he was going to do this. John 14, verse 26, Jesus says to his disciples, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he's going to teach you all things. He's really good. And he will remind you of everything I've said. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Do you remember what Jesus said? Do you remember what Jesus did? More than anything else, the Holy Spirit is, in a sense, a cheerleader for Jesus. Jesus goes on to say, when the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, he will testify about me. In the city of Corinth, the church there, they, they focused on the Holy Spirit, and that was good. They were in tune with the Spirit. But somehow, it seems that they might have said, oh, the Holy Spirit is bigger than anybody else. Holy Spirit, man, I, we're more into the Spirit than we are Jesus. We're more into the spirit. We dance and we do all of this stuff. So we are more into the spirit. And Jesus, and then Paul says, time out. You've got to understand something about the spirit. He says, therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the spirit of God says, Jesus, be cursed. Nobody says anything negative at all about Jesus. Because the Holy Spirit loves and serves and glorifies Jesus. No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. More than anything else, the Holy Spirit does not want you to say, the Holy Spirit is awesome. The Holy Spirit is awesome. But he's more excited when we say, Jesus is Lord. Okay, so the Holy Spirit. What about the Father? I mean, he's the guy on the throne. He's large and in charge, right? Certainly he is saying, bring it on. Worship me. I, I'm just glad to hear all your plans. No, he's not. He's constantly pointing at the others. Don't have time to show you all the passages, but Matthew 17, verse 5. Jesus and, and Peter, and, uh, James and uh, John are, are on a mountaintop, and Moses and Elijah show up. Peter says, oh, well, yeah, let's make some checks here. Let's put something together. We can stay together. And, and while that's happening, God breaks in. While he, Peter, was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, this is my son whom I love. I am so proud of him. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. Father says, just look at him. Isn't he amazing? And with the Holy Spirit, he's going to say, listen to him. And he's just like, yeah, this is amazing. Well, okay, what about Jesus? <laughs> uh, again, Jesus is saying, I mean, you've got to see the Son, you've got, or the Father, you've got to see the Spirit. In John 29, he's, he's talking about how amazing God is and that God is the one who has given him followers. And he says, look, you can have peace because my Father who has given them to me is greater than all. You want to know who's great? I can do some things here. You've seen it. But my father, man, he is greatest. No one can snatch it out of my daddy's hand. He is just amazing. And, and about the Holy Spirit, Jesus and John, he says, I got to tell you guys something. It, it, I tell you, it's for your own good that I'm going to go away. You're going to be better off without me because the Holy Spirit's going to come. Look at what he says. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And it's, it's think about that. Jesus saying that the Holy Spirit, he's going, to be so, he's going to teach you everything. He's going to guide you. It's going to be so cool. You will love him. And, 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 and so what we have 
for all of eternity, this is going on, right? We have the Father. He loves and serves the Son, and the Son loves and serves the Father. And we have the Father loving and serving the Spirit, and the Spirit loving and serving the Father. And we have the Son loving and serving the Spirit, and the Spirit loving and serving the Son, right? Okay, we have this thing going on. And this is God. This is God's heart. It is a dance of serving. It is a dance of love. And it was going on way before, way before creation. You don't think God was having fun before he created? Absolutely. They were involved in this dance of, of just, I mean, this is, this, is, this is what's at the center of everything. It's God's heart. God dances loving and giving and serving and glorifying others. That's God's heart. And if we're going to, If we're going to become servants, we have to recognize, oh, I guess when I serve, I'm dancing with God. In fact, I think it's really helpful for us to recognize this is why God created. God did not say, hold on, I'm amazing and there's nobody to clap for me. You listen to some Christians, that's what it sounds like. I don't have enough people giving me glory, so let me create a world to give me glory. No way. That just doesn't fit with who God is. No, we have a God who is doing this dance, right? And hope it doesn't make any of you sick. But he's doing this dance of loving and serving and giving, and he's doing all of that. And then they say, let's, be, let's make the circle bigger. Let's add in some other things. So let's move this over to the side. And as they're dancing, they say, okay, let's love and serve. And they love and serve a universe into existence. And there are, there are galaxies and galaxies of stars. And you know what the stars did before? They were, they were dancing. They were dancing and they were loving and serving God and they were just, that's what, again, because was, everything was right. They were created to, to, to bring joy to others and, 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 and to do that. And God created in particular one planet on which he put human beings and he created us in his image to love and to serve the people around us. And God's intention was, again, that now the dance would be expanded and now the dance would be full of joy. Unfortunately, Adam and Eve and we all with them said, no, we think it'd be better off if we took care of ourselves. And so instead of loving and serving others, they said, we're going to love and serve ourselves. And we as human beings started to not love and serve, but to use and abuse. The world became a broken place. That's part of where we are now. We're still living in the darkness. We are still, as Eric said in his prayer, curved in on ourselves. We are now people who, rather than love and serve others, we use others. And it doesn't bring us joy. Now, God had every right to say, all right, you chose a different dance. Go ahead, dance on your own, and we would have all just crumbled apart. But God says, no, let me show you real love. Let me show you what real service is. John 3.16, for God so loved the world. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes on him shall not perish, but shall have eternal life, right? God gave. God says, I'm going to restart the dance. I'm not going to let you play your own music. I'm not going to let you have your own dance. I'm not going to let you be in darkness forever. But I'm going to send my son. And Jesus says, I, this is what I do, man. The Son of Man, the one who's going to sit on the throne. I didn't come to be served, but to serve. And it wasn't something unusual. It's who Jesus is. But he came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for enemy, for many. It's because that's who God's heart is. God is a servant. 
And Jesus did that service with joy. Hebrews 12, verse 2. We fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. The cross was not fun. Okay, we'll talk about that in a minute. (laughs) Serving is not always joy in the moment. But it is joy in the long run. Because Jesus is for the joy of blessing you, of saving you, of washing away your sins. I will give my life. And I'm happy to do it. And so if we go back to our drawing and we try to picture this, the son comes and he lives and he loves and he pours himself out and eventually the world crushes him. He takes on all of our sin. He stands in our place. And I love this. I, I don't, I, it always kind of just seemed inconsequential to me, but when I look at this, I think this is part of, for me, helping it. Because the Bible always says it's the father who raised the son. The son is empty, but it's the father. So I pictured it this way with this. Father comes along, boom, and that's when the resurrection happened. Because the father loves and serves the son. And the son says, okay. And he goes back here, and the spirit comes, and the spirit starts to do his dance. And this is where we are now. The spirit is dancing, and he's undoing the brokenness of sin in our lives and in our world. And one day Jesus is going to come back, and it's going to be right, and we're all going to dance again. Because, friends, God is a servant. And that's why I want to learn to serve. I don't think selfishly. Again, it's not like, oh, I want to be... No, but because this is who God created. This is why when you do that, when you serve, when you genuinely give, it is the best life you can live. We have a sense of that. Because God is a servant, because we were created in his image, we can say, this guy has it good. Hey, let's be honest. It's good. To have Sabbath. It's good to have... So each one of the members of the Trinity gets served too, right? Sometimes we have to allow it. So it's good to be this guy. But it's more fun. It's more fun to be blessing the other. It's good to be this guy. But it's more fun. That's why for, for you guys in your marriages, just thinking about it, you know what a Christian marital fight is? Hey, it's not fair. You did the dishes every day last week. I get to do them this week. You did all the, you, you sit down this time. I'm going to vacuum. And if you're thinking right now, man, I hope my spouse hears this. You see, it's really hard to move, right? <laughs> but this is it because Jesus said, it, it's a question of do we believe him? It is more blessed to give. That we are in tune with the dance of a God created us when we are giving. And when I, then I start to say, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. And I'm going to really seek joy. Because you said I was created for this. Now, I want to close with real quick some things and then, and then um, we'll wrap this up. But just to, to make sure you understand a couple of things, four things here. Uh, keep in mind about serving in a broken world. Because that's what we do. Uh, serving is not always easy. It will cost us. I alluded to this. I mean, it costs Jesus everything on the cross. The image that we use here is, is a, of a foot washing. Jesus washing his disciples' feet. And, and you know, it would be nice if, if when we did something like this and we washed somebody's feet, those feet were nice, but they're not. Feet are dirty and gross, and they were a lot worse than that day. And sometimes after we wash someone's feet, they'll kick us in the face. But it's still worth it. This is not just trying to say, well, let's pretend that up is down and down is up and all these things that are crazy No, serving is costly. But pouring ourselves out is the source of deep joy. Okay, we got it. So 
this is not easy. And in the moment, it certainly is not always fun. And I'm not trying to say you've got to say bad is good and good is bad. No. No, it's tough, but it is the road to joy. For the joy that was set before him, Jesus endured the cross, all right? Second, we all need to let others serve us. We need to be refilled at times. The Sabbath, and, and this was actually true even before there was brokenness in this world, right? It was creation. Before there was sin, there was Sabbath. And so it's, yes, on the one hand, and that's why sometimes you do have to let the people around you take care of you. Sometimes you do have to say, okay, I'm going to, the Father, the Son, the Spirit, like I say, it's dance. And, and, and so Sabbath, we'll talk about that some in, in serving as well. Um, third, serving, and, and I just, I think you know this, but serving others doesn't mean giving everybody whatever they want. Uh, in our world, it kind of does, right? The master says jump and you say how high. The boss says, do this, you do this, because you're the servant, right? No, God doesn't give us everything we want, and we're thankful for that. And so, too, with the people around us, we actually serve in ways that bless. And so it's not, I'm not just saying, well, you mindlessly do whatever anybody tells you to do. No. In God's grace, we serve and bless the people around us. And then learning to be a servant takes time. Learning, changing from being curved in on ourselves to learning to look at others and to, to, instead of saying, what's good for me, to say, I want to just bless my spouse, my kids, my neighbors. I want them to flourish. And if we make that, it takes time. But there's good news. We've got eternity. We've got plenty of time. In this life, you might go from a two to a three. But we got eternity. And we'll get there. So relax and be filled with grace. So... How can we do this? How do we, how do we start to practice serving in such a way that it makes a difference, that it shapes us? How do we become servants? That's what we're going to pick up next week, all right? For this week, praise God for his servant heart, his love. That's why these songs, I think, hit me so much this morning. To say, man, Jesus Christ stands in my defense. Jesus Christ paid the price. What a hope. And I was just like, oh, God, thank you that you love others that you love me and praise God for that and then practice serve somebody you could do it at home at work maybe even both places but just start do something and a momentum starts to get built up friends God God wants us to experience joy he created us to have joy it's just the way we get there is by loving and serving others. Let's pray together. Father, it's, uh, the world is upside down, but it feels right side up to us. And now when you tell us that we've got to turn it right side up, it can feel upside down. So give us faith. Thank you that you love us, that you gave Jesus to die for us. Jesus, thank you for dying for us. Father, teach us to love. Teach us to serve Teach us to give ourselves away and to dance, to dance with your heart. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.